If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Uh, no worries. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. So, so, so we just, we, I was just about, we we're just talking before hitting record, and uh, Tony has been. Um, but how, how would you say it, Tony? Was it were you was you, you? How does someone go from just having a skin fade with afro hair to wanting dreadlock? What, 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 what's the procedure? Uh, the procedure you just you, you kind of grow your hair and then twist it, um, and that's pretty right. much it. Yeah, you grow your hair, you twist it, and it stays in the twist. It will lock in, hence the term locks. And then yeah. uh, it just continues to grow in that fashion. Yeah, so, uh, and, yeah, uh, so it's, it's with it. What, so, what, it, it, and how, how, how long are you going to grow, grow your dread? Uh, I don't know, you know. I, like, I literally, I didn't even think about that at all. They're, um, they, they're quite long. They're at my... Just past my ears at the moment. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I guess when I get tired of it, I'll cut it all off again. But no, I have, I've given no thought into how long it's going to, it's going to, uh, how long I want to get. So, so you're not growing it as like some sort of, um, you know, kind of like a, like a nod to your heritage or, you know, it's not, is it not about that or? No, no, but, Particularly, it's a, uh, it's like you know, um, I'm my friend Locksmith, right? The the guy yeah. I rap with, a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, he's he's had his for about maybe two years, and he just kept saying to me, "You should grow your hair. You should grow your hair. You should get it done. You should get it done." Um, and then uh, I thought, Do you know what? Maybe I should, and so I did. And it's like it's literally, there's no real. Uh, I've never had it before, so I thought, yeah, let's go for it. Do you find it strange that there's like a there's an element of cultural appropriation, where, where whatever culture you belong to, whatever race you belong to, there's a, a a will or a drive to to seek to look like another set of of human beings. Like if you look at, um, certainly in the pop industry in the nineties and two thousands, there was kind of a movement, and I'm thinking of Beyonce specifically, but I think she has naturally straight hair anyway somehow. But but she but but there's a movement to to try and appropriate some elements of culture and there's a you know there are white men and white women with dreadlocks um, and it's weird actually that, that 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 other white people see 
white men with dreadlocks as like hippies is like they're, they're trying to that they're, they're like tree huggers that's the way they kind of view it the white white people but there's also kind of like like i said in the in the in the sort of 90s 20s 90s and, and 2000s there was a movement for uh black women to straighten their hair to seem and lighten their skin perhaps to seem more more european what like that is that a flattering thing to do or a, an offensive thing to do do you think uh i'm not sure i think um uh, it's one it's one of those things like it, it, your intention, it, like the intention behind it, and how, like if you got, for instance, just yesterday, uh, the 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 U.S. Senate, a lot that, that I think it was the House, the House came out wearing um kente cloth. I don't know if you saw them on on telly, but they came out no. wearing uh, kente cloth, which is, I'm gonna say Nigerian, um. Um, I, I'm African accurate yeah but it's definitely from the continent of Africa right yeah. so they came wearing the, the, this thing and it, it's like kind of well you still have practices on your law books that deny black people certain rights and roles and, and, and certain things within your society so just having a bit of cloth that comes from a, a, a continent where these people originate from, it kind of seems disingenuous. It's like, okay, well, you're just trying to jump on to show you're down with, like, it, it's a kind of a show of solidarity, but it, it's just a gesture. It's an empty gesture. So in, in terms of like, yeah, it's exactly that. So a cultural appropriation, like, I'm, I'm not sure. I think like, I'm, we live in England, right? I know a lot of white rappers. I know absolutely tons. Um, and I also... I'm well aware there's a lot of them that don't like black people. And it's a very, very strange thing to be because you are... Comp- you, what, what, sorry, mate, to pull you back. What what, what, what do you mean? That they, so, and just for the record, the people that listen to this, Tony is a, a rapper, a battle rapper, has carved a very successful career of that, that's elevated him to a position because of his ability to rap and, and make rap music, right? Yes. But, uh, so, 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 you're, so you're saying that there are white people rapping... Uh, who yeah. are obviously knee Let's deep in, in in yeah they're in the culture they 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 absorb certain parts of the culture um but they are not particularly um i would say knowledgeable to a certain extent um and about certain aspects of the culture and, and certain things there was a, a few years ago there was a certain rapper um and he came out with a song called white pride and he got an awful lot of shit for it, and he couldn't quite understand why. And it was explained to him. It was explained through various mediums. So people would uh, people would talk to him on the street. People would talk to him online. People would talk to him in radio interviews. And no matter how many times people kind of spoke to him about it, it would it just wouldn't go through. He, he couldn't understand it. Um, and he he has mixed race children, so he thinks that that can't make him racist. Um, and it, it what, was, what what were the problem? What was the problem with? What was? Can you can you explain what the what white pride would have been what was about, and then and, and and maybe explain what the problem was with the song? The easiest thing to do would be to say if you was to Google white pride, the very first images that come up, yep. neo Nazis yep. or KKK, right? Yeah, because pride prideness in in just being white is the very foundation of white supremacy. Um, it, the ultimate, it, like that's what it is, um, and it's 
it's uh, rooted in anti-blackness or anti-anything other than white. So if you look at black pride, what you see is uh, black people with their fists in the air. You will see uh, just collections of black people um, just taking pride in their, their their culture and their community. Whereas white pride is not necessarily what we're taking. Uh, uh, we're taking pride in the fact that we are Irish or German or English. It's taking pride in the fact that we are white. The reason black pride doesn't work the same way is because uh, you had taken an entire uh, a demographic from a continent onto a whole different continent and then denied them rights, denied them housing, denied them, imp- like, like just normal, denied the fact they were human. Um, so in response to that, black people came together and there was no way of knowing where they'd originated from. They couldn't say, well, I come from Ghana, I come from Africa, I come from Senegal, because they don't know. There's no records of it. There's, it's just, uh, I'm descended from a slave population that were brought from Africa. So whereas in, as if you're white, you can generally say, well, I come from Scandinavia, I come from Ireland, I come from England, I come from France. You can locate the place in Europe that you come from. So you can have pride in that. You you can have Irish pride. You can have English pride. You can have German pride. Do you know a uh, big, what's the Oktoberfest, the big German bear thing? Like it's a yeah, yeah. culture. It's celebrated as a German culture. So that's very German. English people do not celebrate that in the same way. In the same way, St. Patrick's Day, French and German people do not celebrate in the same fashion that Irish people celebrate in. But so those different cultural things, those are very specific locations, whereas Black Pride has come out of being uh, unsure of where you're from, unsure of, of if you're from my family's from the Caribbean, they're from Dominica, um, but not originally. Originally, they were taken from Africa and brought to the Caribbean. But we don't know where. We have no idea which part of Africa they came from. None whatsoever, unless we do a DNA test and you can you can locate things this way uh, nowadays. But there's no way of knowing. So black pride and brown pride is a very different message to white pride. So when this... No, I get it. Yeah, so when he made this song, everybody kind of pointed out to him, um, white pride has very heavy connotations with racism, neo-Nazi, skinheads, fascism and whatnot. And he just wouldn't accept it. Um, and it, it became. Well, he, he must have. He must have acknowledged that part of that of the argument. Surely he must have said, oh, "I understand what you're saying. I can see that this is true." If he did, there was at no point he where he it. changed his argument. There was there was no okay. point where he went around and said, "Oh, do you know what? I understand." Even in terms of uh, did such a thing like white privilege, he said we should probably call it black disadvantage, and. Like just the notion of it. So what you're doing is you're removing the responsibility from yourself, which is a privilege in itself. It's you being able to say, no, I don't want that to happen. We'll put the onus on you. Um, and mm. like he just he just couldn't understand it. And I haven't heard, not had no hair of him for about five or six years now. So I, I think maybe the culture got rid of him. You, you, you think he was cancelled in, in the, the, the most recent, you know, in recent terminology? Yeah, I imagine so, man. I, like I said, I haven't seen nothing of him for, 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 for a long, long time. And I, I, to be honest, I hope I'm not a fan. Yeah, may, maybe someone had a very strong word of him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they could well have. <laughs> um, do, do you know when you were talking there, right? And, and, and before doing this podcast, and, and obviously I've been absorbing the news and, and, and really 
trying uh, uh, and I've been on Twitter and I've really found myself in a really odd position <laughs> which is probably healthy to the to the progress of this uh, of finding a society which is fair to all and and that's in itself is idealistic because it's never going to be fair to all but it it should be fairer to everybody oh my. even if we can't achieve utopia we should strive for it right yeah oh, um yeah and 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 I found I found myself uh, like clearly I'm, I'm, do you know what a positive thing is? And it's not positive for a podcast. Mm. Is I'm questioning everything I'm saying before I say it. Yeah, you um, hear it. And I'd, do you know the best thing is to just get it off your chest. And and we can like I know you, Flav. Yeah, I know I I know you. Right. This is not an issue for you. the fact that you're looking at it this way is indicative of the way that you see the world. Right. You're trying not mm. to offend. You're trying not to like you're you're. you're stepping very carefully and trying not to cause offense to certain things um and that like just that alone is really indicative of your character who you are and where you okay fair enough do you know what i mean fair fair enough fair enough tone fair enough i i i, I appreciate that i do um so when you were talking um uh, earlier just just now and you were saying about where you come from and not knowing where you come from and i'm thinking and, and about being proud to be white and that kind of thing not once in my life have I ever had to feel proud to be white. I've never, I never thought, I sat down and think, you know what? I'm really proud. I'm proud to be white. Yeah. And and the other thing you said about like you 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 don't know fundamentally where you come from, like the where you were born, where your bloodline goes. There's no way of recording it because of the things that have happened through history of knowing exactly where you come from. But I I know I know I know. And, and and worse, I don't really care. I don't have to care because if I wanted to find yeah. out, I could find out. Do you know what I mean? And that's the difference. Is there's a difference between having the luxury of not caring and though and, and not having the luxury of not caring. Yeah. And um, and that's only become become clear to me literally in the last twelve minutes since we started recording, <laughs> which which is crazy. Uh, obviously, um, this podcast is uh, about the uh, was recorded at the time, but the during during the Black Lives Movement, um, two weeks after a man was um his life was snuffed out by a, a a person who was supposed to be a public servant was employed to serve the public and the gray areas around what serving the public means if you are a policeman in america and probably in the uk and elsewhere it's very great um but but what i saw and um, i did a podcast with a guy and uh, who was is from india has moved to america and we talk. We, we we were supposed to talk about uh, being a foreign national in America under Trump's government. Uh-huh. But what actually happened was it five days after that it meant that it went a different direction. And I found myself towards the end of that po- podcast thinking about specifically T came into my head, very emotional about how some an image like that, a video like that exists, and something exists where someone's life has been reduced to nothing. Mm-hmm. within minutes about as long as this podcast has has taken been taken to record and it really it really affected me emotionally so much so that i i, res- I wasn't sure about doing this podcast or how to construct this podcast or how, how we move it forward um how what what have you been feeling over the last couple of weeks because it's much more important about the, 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 um, than what i've been feeling well i've seen like this past uh i've seen this before do you know, like, to be honest with you, we've all seen it before. Um, it doesn't matter whether you talk about George Floyd, 
who was just who was two weeks ago. Uh, a week before that, it was Breonna Taylor. Um, uh, a week before that, it was somebody else. A couple of years before that, we've had um, Tamir Rice. Um, and to go all the way back to when I was at school, we had Rodney King, um, who was beaten on camera, uh, brutalized on camera. And then the four police officers that did it walked. They, they, they got off. Um, they were all acquitted of all charges. And then the black community burned L.A. to the ground. Um, so for me, I, as I've seen a very small sliver of that George Floyd video because I can't watch, I, I can't watch somebody's life expire in front of me. Um, in, like, I, I'm not a voyeur like that. I can't just sit and watch him for eight and a Mommy. half minutes. Yeah, just just die. But there's it's something very interesting. If you look at the dynamic of that video, right, there is a situation where a police officer, uh, an officer of the law, someone who, who is there to protect and serve the citizens of that country, he is kneeling on that citizen's neck. There are two more officers on his back, right, that you can only see once that once you get the other angle of the video. Um, and there's also, did you see the video of them beating him while he was in the car? No. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. So first they said, uh, I'll go through it like chronologically. So first that video came out of him kneeling on, on, on his neck. Now you have to understand he did that on camera. He knew he was on camera. He looked at the camera while it was happening. Right? There's a guy underneath him saying, I can't breathe. Yeah? Everything hurts. So, while this is happening, he's looking at the camera. Now, for most of us, I've committed a couple of crimes in my life. Um, the one thing I wouldn't do is commit them on camera. That leads to, because you get caught for doing what you're doing and you go to prison. What was going through his mind that he was entitled, he was enabled to do this on camera and feel like he would face absolutely no punishment, no consequences and it, whatsoever. Right? And if he felt if he felt like he was in that situation, what was around him? What 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 was above him that enabled him to believe that he could get away with doing that on camera? And exactly. it doesn't matter whether he can or ca cannot get away with it. The fact is, he believed he could. Yeah, he, he sat there and he he kneeled on somebody's neck until they expired, and um just that if you just take that into consideration he did it on camera while looking at the camera so think about the things that were going through his mind he he, he in his mind this was normal this was practice um this was okay and there will be very little repercussions for his behavior otherwise he wouldn't have behaved in that way um that's just that particular thing then the very first thing they said was um well he resisted arrest so we had to bring him down okay I'll accept, you, I'll accept you saying that he resisted arrest. But when he was on the floor, he was there for eight and a half minutes. He had long since ceased to resist. So why were you on his neck? And then the other, there was a few angles of the video where he was actually arrested and he wasn't resisting. He, had his, he was handcuffed behind his back and they marched him up against the wall. Then they put him in the back of the car and they beat him. There's video of them beating him in the back of the car. Then they took him back out of the car, put him on the floor and kneeled on his neck. And all of this, by the way, for a counterfeit $20 note, which turned out not to be counterfeit. Uh, yeah. Just 
that alone as an example of the American dynamic between the races. Um, I don't know if you remember the name uh, Walter Scott. He was a man, he was running away from the police and he, the man shot him in his back. And then he tried to kick uh, a gun closer to him to make it seem like he was armed. I don't know if, do you remember his name? Do you remember the, the footage at all? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, no. But, there's, but, but I, I... his name was Walter Scott. Um, he had been pulled over for a, a, a busted like, And I think at the, his particular case was he owed money for child support. Because he owed money, he, he knew he owed money. So he didn't want to be, go back to jail because they, they, they'll just put you in jail. In America, you've got county jails and then you've got prisons, right? Um, so he didn't want to go to jail. So he ran away and the policeman shot him in his back. And the same thing, the same situation around that was the same situation around this George Floyd incident um, of, well, he was a criminal and he shouldn't have been doing whatever. But the penalty for committing crime committing those type of crimes is not death. That's not that's not what the, the, the they they have a death penalty in certain states. They do have that, but it's reserved for murder, um, and 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 like capital offenses. You know what I mean? Federal offenses, felonies. Yeah, yeah. Not for a, a counterfeit note or for failure to pay child support, but those men paid with their lives because of that, and. Yeah, so you're 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 essentially seeing you're seeing a they know what this guy that they're pulling this guy over for because it's on their radio or or they've they've checked his license plate. All right, unpaid child support. Yeah, uh-huh. right. So they know this. They know this. Um, that isn't, as you said, isn't something that leads to a death penalty. No, no. But the police, the police in that instance have have they've circumnavigated the judicial process and given him the death penalty because he's ran. Yes. Yeah, like rather than chasing, like who hasn't been chased? I've been chased by the police a bunch of times. Just fucking let him go. <laughs> let let him go. Catch him another time. Whatever it is, like he should pay. He should be paying for his kid. Yeah, but let him go. Don't fucking shoot him. <laughs> what the fuck? Exactly that. But that's where it's the dynamic. And I, I'll be honest with you. There's in terms of like black, what what we call black. My experience as a black man in East London is a very different experience to a black Haitian growing up in Haiti, which is a very different experience to a black man growing up in Lagos, which again is a very different experience to a black aboriginally in Australia, uh, aborigine in Australia, which is a different experience to being black in America. The term black is not a catch-all. It, ju- it represents skin color and it's used as if we are this monolithic uh, um, entity like eat black so they must do, they must all like the same thing they must eat the same food like no it doesn't go like that um but the dynamic in america of white versus black it's a troubled tumultuous history man and it goes back uh it, it goes back hundreds of years it predates it doesn't necessarily predate the the, the, the transatlantic slave trade but there's something happened in the 17th century, the 1682, I'm going to say, um, where whiteness became codified into law and people were granted rights based on that whiteness and other people were denied rights based on non-whiteness. 
And that there, this was a decree from the British government in the colonies of Virginia and uh, I'm going to say Maryland. Um, I, I might not be accurate about that, but it's definitely Virginia. Um, th that there is the very first instance it was codified into law. There are no, um, I said this on Twitter the other day, and they, they tried to slaughter me until I asked them to prove it to me, right? There are no white people before the 17th century. There is no such thing as white people. They don't exist before the 17th century, right? And it's, that sounds very, very... It, it sounds stupid, right? I mean, it... It, uh, uh, it sounds out there, mate, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right. But what all it means is that you people were not identified by the colour of their skin. There was not a demographic known as white prior to the 17th century. You would have been... And when you say the 17th century, are you talking about... The, the, I'm talking before the slave... Yeah, I'm talking about the slave trade. No, I'm... I'm so, so, so the slave trade was well in, in swing. The, it, if you... Uh, so why? Why why then, sorry, is what I'm asking. Right, essentially... Um, so you had in the 16th... In the early 1600s, England had a population boom, right? So there were lots and lots of poor people, Right? So what they decided to do was transfer, transport them to the colonies. So as you know, I mean, a lot of people know, um, uh, people got sent to Australia, criminals got sent to Australia, criminals got sent to America. You were, you were just Correct, shit. Yeah. So, that, yeah, so that Britain didn't have to deal with you. Um, so there was a population explosion in, I think it was the 1620s. These, I'm, I'm gonna say these dates, they're rough dates, they're approximations. I, I don't have the, the information at hand. Um, but these are very rough dates. But in the early 1600s, there was a population boom in Britain. They shipped an awful lot of poor people out into the colonies. Um, at that time, you had free black people, um, as well as slaves, as well as indentured servants. You had Irish people who were indentured servants. You had English people who were indentured servants. An indentured, indentured servant means that you have a period of time where you work for somebody. But after that time, after that, it was usually about seven years. After that time, you are free to do what you want. So um, the, uh, in the colonies, it was very much, it was dominated by men. They were, they were thinking it was uh, like 20 to 1 in terms of the ratio of men to women. And some English women had married African men in America. Um, now I'm going to skip forward a little bit into, you know, the Boston Tea Party. You heard? The yes, Boston of course. Were they... right. Yeah. Yeah. So explain, explain it. So it's, uh, they were poor, uh, was it, it was about the, something to do with the English, uh, coming over and, uh, do you know what? I know they're kind of a far right group. I know it's to do with the formation of American and all, and, and the bringing in of tea. Yeah, in is that right? 1777. I've skipped forward about 100 years, but I will go. In the US, yeah. Yeah, in the US, they were tired of paying tax to King George, right? This is what this right, there we entire go. American Civil War was about. They, they wanted to break free and become their own their, their own country. They didn't want, they had wanted to uh, break all ties with England. So, but what happened was you had Native Americans, uh, poor whites and slaves all on the same side. And it was the same thing in, in, in the colony of Virginia at this time. You had these people, they were all on the same side. They would, cause they were all poor people. They did the same work. They live with each other. They did exactly the same things. They just happened to, to, to be on this colony. Now, 
what happened was uprisings occurred. There was a, a very, the most specific one is called Bacon's Rebellion, where this guy, uh, Bacon, was just tired of paying, tired of giving up half of his money or whatever it was he had to give up. So they, they, they started riots and they, they, they started all sorts of trouble. So the British government said, and you can, the, the thing is, you can go and read this stuff. You can, you can find these documents. They're, they're in the British Library. You can go on the internet and find them. The British government decreed that what they would do was separate white from black. They, they invented this new category of race called white. And if you had white skin, you were allowed to do certain things. You could own property. If you were black, you could not own property. You could not vote. Um, you could not marry white women. White men could have relationships with black women but it wasn't the other way around black men were not allowed to have relationships with white women and it all stems from this very very particular time in the 17th uh, century the very late 1600s um and this was the beginning of race it's the beginning of whiteness um and that so people people when you say that people don't people when the 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 the, the sort of top line thing that you said at the beginning was that white people didn't exist before 1700, which is in itself is quite a loaded statement, isn't it? Because you, you're, 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 you're people like, like when you said that, I was like, no, surely, come on, they did exist. But, but the reality, when in terms of in the technical sense, they didn't until these, uh, these lines were drawn between what each person was yes. and what they could and couldn't do. Yeah, so I understand it now, yeah. English, you would have been Irish, you would have been French, Dutch, German, whatever. You would have been, basically, your nationality represented what you was. Um, up until yeah. the point when they, they, they enforced this law, and then it became based on skin colour. And that is, the, that now, that set the tone for white supremacy. Th that so that and, was the etymology of that? Yes, pretty much, pretty much. Um, it, it didn't exist before then. And this is where uh, on Twitter the other day I asked him, you find me an example of a demographic known as white prior to the 17th century. It doesn't exist. You might read a book and it says, oh, her skin was like ivory or her, do, do you know me? And it is a description of, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. being white. But to, to recognize, to, to label a demographic, no, it did not happen until this very particular time. This was the invention of whiteness. Um, and 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 you mentioned on Twitter just then. Do you find yourself uh, certainly? I know generally, uh, and obviously we've we've followed each other for a long, long time. So I'm I'm aware of how you tweet and and you know the things that are important to you. But have you found yourself being a bit more proactive? Do you do you feel like Twitter is a good platform for you to express your voice and engage in conversation, or is it a fucking nightmare? How how I find it to be. You know what? It's an absolute nightmare, man. It is an absolute nightmare. You, do you know what it is? You can't you can't have a discussion in 240 characters, right? And when you're typing stuff out, depending on the speed you type um, or, or the speed the other person types or anyone else that wants to join into the argument, you can find yourself responding to something, but it took six minutes. And in that six minutes, yeah. four more people have piled in and said something. And then you've got to find yourself responding to them. And it, it's, it is the worst medium for trying to have civilized debate civilized conversation it's pretty much i just make statements i say stuff 
if you want to argue with me, it's, then it's your responsibility to go and find out if I'm right or if I'm wrong. I'm, I just say something. Mm. But it, it's... Uh, Do you know, it's a weird one, isn't it, Twitter? Because it, it, it's a great way to to lit, light a fire un, uh, up under a, a movement or an idea. Yes. But it's a really bad way to try and convince someone that they're wrong. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, ever, Tony, I don't think I've ever, and, I'm sh- and, and I really hope that you have, I've ever had an argument with, and it's been years since I've had an argument. I will never engage. I don't engage with anybody at all on Twitter. But I'd love to know if if you've ever engaged with someone and t- someone's taking a step back and go, do you know what? I take your in- <laughs> I take your argument on, and do you know what? I'm wrong. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I now I now think about you know. I'll think about what you say and 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 appreciate your your argument. Have you have you ever had that? Once, once, and it was very recently as well. Um, and I actually can't even remember what we were talking about, right? But there was a, a little a, a hubbub. There was a little Ferrari um, happening on Twitter. And I'd, I'd made certain points. And then I completely forgot about it. And then about two weeks later, the fella came back and he apologised to me and someone else he had been speaking to. And he said, you know what? Yeah, I was wrong about that. Like, it, And that is the one and only time, man. And I'd, like I said, you know what, bruv? It, it didn't even matter to me. I'd forgotten completely about it, but I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Because it's not... Yeah. It's not that regular. It's not a frequent occurrence. Most people, most people won't even go away and bother to even try to learn, much less find out that learn something and then come back and apologize for being for for making a mistake. A lot of people won't do that. So yeah, it literally just that once. And I've been on Twitter for about, jeez, I don't know, maybe eight nine years now. It's been a long time since. Yeah. I've... Do you know the um, there, there was there's a there's a very poignant moment in my life. Uh, about in terms about understanding the impact of your words and what you're doing um and <clears throat> i was in a in a train station with t and we were coming back from and i'm sure i'm sure you won't mind me saying this I'm, I, I might even have said it before we were coming back from manchester the fighting got lifted let's just drop this in here t right the the fighting cock could be nominated for the best football podcast in the whole of britain right just letting that just put that in there as well but we uh we we were um we were leaving Manchester after the ceremony that we didn't win, oh. and um, yeah, never mind. Uh, but yeah, I, and, and I think I made like a quip that could have been it, like, um, do, do you know what? Now, right now, I can understand it to be offensive and racist, but I might have made a, a comment that that made him feel e- uneasy. So um, amongst most people, it would have been just like a, you know, like a throwaway comment, and it's not an issue. And T said, "Look, mate, if you you make those." Those, those, you know. I know. I'm your mate. I know that you. That, that this isn't an issue, and I know that this doesn't come from a place of hatred or, or, or racism. But if you make these these comments or make these jokes regularly enough, other people will think that that's normal, so that they can do it. And then, and then, when you're not around, that builds in other groups or, or or in other people's minds where it becomes more and more, more and more normal. Yep. And when he said that, I was like, mate, you're fucking right. You're you're like that. You're right. Like I'm talking to you too. You know me. What if the next guy next to me doesn't know me, and he hears that, and then he goes back to his mates and says the same thing, and they're just a bunch of white guys or or or, or aren't concerned about the um, about the uh, uh, equilibrium of rights in society. Yeah. Then uh, yeah, it creates a precedent, and, and and the minute he said that, it clicked, and I was, and I'm sure I've done it since, but I do my best not consciously ever not 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 to 
to make light of something that's so serious. And 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 you know, I, I I don't think I'll ever forget that. And I'm not sure T even remembers saying it to me. He may he may do, he may not. But yeah, it's um it's a weird thing with, with, with where we are now because I think that you have the really aggressive uh, sort of sort of right wing uh, white people who are fighting against it, and then you have the slightly confused white people who are saying, "Well, surely all lives matter," <laughs> and and then you have the people in the middle who don't say much, and um, and we're in a situation where all these people need to to hear something. But let, let's let's talk about the all all lives matter stuff because. Um, on a very kind of top level, if people aren't sort of politically engaged and understand the the the, the power of words, then the, mm-hmm. just on a top level, all lives matter is it, it seems fair, right? Eventually, you know, we all want to get to all lives matter, but right now we can't because some lives matter and some don't. Right? Yeah. That, that's the difference. That's pretty much it. I mean, if all lives mattered, there wouldn't be a need for Black Lives Matter. They'd, like it, it, it wouldn't be a thing. If all lives mattered, then it wouldn't be. It, it just wouldn't be necessary to you know about the fact that it is necessary because as I said, it's not, it, a lot of people are like, um, they seem to think that it's saying black lives, only black lives matter or black lives matter more. And it, it like, that's not the case. That's not what the movement is built on. The movement is built on the fact that in, let's just take America. We could even take this country. There are instances where black people are killed with impunity and there are no consequences for the people that do it, which indicates those people's lives do not matter. And why don't they matter? And again, it's to do with the the relationship between that they have in of race in America. You had hundreds of years of black people being slaves, Not, not just the underclass or the working class, but slaves. And it, it, something that I always, I, I always find that people kind of, people say, oh, it was slavery. It was a long time ago and da, 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 da. And okay, yeah, it was. But let me ask you something, right? If I asked you, if I asked you to tie my shoelace, it's a question. Therefore, I can have a yes or a no, right? And so you can decide, you know what? Maybe I will t- tie Tony's shoelace. And there we go, it's not a problem. Do you say, no, I won't. It's not a problem. Anyway, I could tie my own shoelace. If I said to you, oh, yeah, tie my shoelace, you're going to look at me like I'm crazy, right? What would I have to, what violence, what level of violence? And I mean, and when I say violence, I mean physical, emotional. Uh, uh, yeah. What would I have to inflict on you and the people close to you to make you tie my shoelace? Right. And I think that's the bit that people kind of skip over the sheer brutality that it took. Because, I mean, everyone you see people now, I saw some with a T-shirt yesterday say, I'm not my ancestors. I will kick your ass. And it's like, no, 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 sis, you've got the wrong idea. Your ancestors did try to fight, but they were subjected to such brutality that it was easier not to. Their life, their, their life mattered more. Like their life as a slave mattered more to them than their freedom did. Like imagine that situation. You've got the Caribbean is a very good example of it. In Jamaica, you have a slave plantation where one man has 50 slaves. Now, there is not another plantation for three miles. 
He's the only white man for three miles, and there are 50. They could fuck his shit up, right? Absolutely brutalize him. So why didn't they? Why didn't they? Why did not the whole of uh, the entirety of Jamaica just rise up and revolt? Because of fear. Because Because of fear. fear. Systematic. What do you have to do to somebody to make them that scared? To make them that fearful? And if you ever... And Tony, it's, it's... Right? It's it, it's also like fear, like fear, like just just before you carry on, because I'm really into what you're saying. I really find this fascinating. But if you reduce everybody to the most basic thing, like if you remove all of our intellects, remove our brains, if we're just functioning organisms as all of as everything is in in the world that we live in, mm-hmm. the only rule is survival. Yes, it's survival. Yep. So if it. it, it it, it, it's the same situation there. It's not saying I'm not my ancestors. I will kick your ass. It's removing an, an entire construction that's designed to keep people in place. Exactly. You're not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not telling this person that they don't understand. They would understand better than I, I, I ever could. But but there is an infrastructure above them that keeps them in place. And destroying that is is incredibly difficult. Oh, a hundred percent. If you if you look if you were to ever read about some of the things that they would do to slaves, like. Uh, uh, what they would they would take a man they would tar and feather a man in front of his wife or in front of his woman and his child then they would tie each of his limbs to a horse and then let the horses run and tear him apart in front of his woman and child what that does especially if it's a boy child he his mother doesn't want that to grow up so she will teach him how to be subservient to these people how to be to survive yeah how, exactly how to survive um and then what they would do is they'd, they'd make differences between between the slaves. They would treat some slaves better than they would treat others. And then that would, in turn, make those particular slaves abuse other slaves. There was um, David Olusuga, Olusoga. He had a very good uh, a, a, a documentary series about slavery. And you can read about it. You can go to the British Library now and read these, these, these things. But there was a diary of a Scottish slave owner. And one of his punishments is he would make a slave shit in another slave's mouth um, as a punishment. So, like, you look at all of these things, right, all of these bits and pieces, like, together, and then you understand the sheer brutality that it took to enslave a populace, to enslave millions of people, right? And that went on for hundreds of years in America, for hundreds of years, they even um, they even brought in a law to stop. Uh, what would happen was slave owners were breeding with their own slaves and enslaving their own children, so that they wouldn't have yeah. to go out and buy more slaves. Um, and so the slave racket took a hit. It took a financial hit. So they banned that practice. They banned the practice of slave owners um, sleeping with with their slaves because it was affecting the bottom line, which was the economy. Like not because they didn't stop it because rape is a brutal thing, and that you know what I mean these people are they're, they're human beings and you shouldn't abuse them in that way. No, they stopped it because it was affecting their money. Um, like the the, the mentality of it is just brutal. Everything to do with it is brutal. So you've got that as a practice for hundreds of years in America. Then they abolished slavery, but then they had enforced segregation. And um, also, if you look at, there's a very good documentary called The 13th um, on Netflix. And it's about the... Yeah, I've watched it. Yeah, so you know, right? You know what they did. Yeah, fuck it. 
Fuck me up, man. Uh, it, it, listen, do you know what? I was watching it, right? And I didn't even realise. I was sitting watching and then it occurred to me I was crying. I didn't. Yeah. I actually didn't know. And I and like, oh, my my face is wet. There were tears streaming down my face. And I, I didn't realise I'd got to the point where I was actually that upset I was crying. But I, there was just, I was, there was tears coming out of my eyes. Um, but what they essentially did was they freed the slaves and then criminalised every aspect of their existence. So the 13th Amendment in America, for people that don't know, the, the 13th Amendment of the Constitution says that slavery shall be outlawed unless, unless you are a prisoner, unless you are a convicted criminal. So what they did was they, they would arrest a lot of slaves. You have to imagine you were a slave on a plantation. You're now free. but You have no money. You have no job. So how do you live? Oh, where do you live? So they, 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 how do you live? Yeah, exactly. So what they did was they arrested them under vagrancy laws, um, put them into prison, and then continued the practice of uh, labor of of exploiting their labor for for no money. They didn't have to pay this this workforce. Um, so then you so you had segregation after that, the Jim Crow uh, era. You had all of these things happening, and this lasted until I think 1964 was the Civil Rights Act that allowed black men to vote. I think it, uh, it may have been 68. I know 68 was the March on Selma, um, but it was a, it was in the 60s. Now, my mum my and dad were alive in the 60s. I was born in the 70s. Do you know, like, this is not a massive leap of time. It's not generations upon generations ago. So... When you look at it, and if you look at like the mentality that has to follow of it, the 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 the, the cult. practiced in law. Education, entertainment, politics. Mate, uh, tone, tone. I, I think it's all muffled from the minute you said Jim Crow. Uh, oh, sorry. Do, uh, is you hear me now? I can hear you perfectly now. I think you just uh, covered your your sorry. um mic. Right. No sorry, sorry about that. But yeah, so for hundreds of years, going back generations of generations, you had a situation where they said, "Okay, black people are less than human," and it was accepted. It was an accepted thing. Um. Then you had segregation and Jim Crow, where still it was accepted they are not the same as us. We are better than them. They are not the same. Um, that is, that's in, ingrained in the American psyche. So you, we, you've only had freedom and equal rights for black people for about the last 50, 60 years. After generations of uh, of being a, a not even a lower class citizen, not actually being a citizen, as an, as accepted, it was accepted by like I said by law in education, in politics, all of this stuff was built. Uh, this this structure was in place to say, okay, these people are below this group of people, and it's only been sixty years since they said, well, we we kind we got it wrong. You're actually equal. But how do you change the mentality? You have had hundreds and hundreds of years of living one way. 
and then all of a sudden you say no like in this country 1967 they brought in the employment law to say you can no longer discriminate against someone on the basis of the color of their skin on the basis of race you can't say i'm not going to employ you because you're black however it continued to happen because just because the law changed people's mind states didn't change their mentality didn't change so they had the same thing and that is where that's where we're at in america at, at this precise moment and it's gonna take an awful you have a racist president an overtly openly racist president um who who fires up his base with dog whistles um with outrageous uh, outrageously racist statements he can do and say things and, and say things that he knows his base, his his support level has never dropped below 38%. And it won't, because that 38% think exactly the way he does and feel that he can... Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is it that from, from, from his perspective, you know, there's no there's no point being the most powerful man in the world if you can't say exactly what you, what you think. Precise. And is it elected based on the fact that he was saying shit that resonates with this section of of America and and a, a disenfranchised section of America that got him elected. Yep. So we're not going to hear we're not going to change Donald Trump. We simply have to wait for him to um to to play out his second term which you know undoubtedly he's going to get because that's the way the, these things roll or unless some part some 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 kind some person does <laughs> yeah, yeah some person does something that that has happened to other other uh, um US presidents and I'm yeah. not so su- yeah I'm not suggesting that someone should shoot him in the face <laughs> I'm not but um I I think the the fact that that I, I think some people out there might consider that an eye for an eye uh, given the so, fact that however I think it might make him a martyr I wouldn't want that well uh, you look at look at uh, no one no one wants it look at look fundamentally you can't from from my position right now you can't um, you can't you can't take someone's life for the betterment of a of a cause. If your life is taken, then you become a martyr, as as George Floyd has become. Yeah, and, and God willing, it, it carries through. And I'm sure if you asked him beforehand if he wanted to be a a martyr for this, he would have said, "God damn no! Oh, let, just take me back to my family. Let me live my life." Yeah, let me. But unfortunately. <laughs> Let me stay. Fu- let just get off my fucking neck, you prick. Do you know what I mean? Essentially. Um, but yeah, yeah. So look, you know, nothing great ever came from from that single moment of violence, like killing someone. You know, like, like no, nothing great came from Bobby Kennedy being assassinated or John Kennedy being yeah. assassinated. Nothing great came from that. But but um, but but some maybe maybe something great can come from. The fact that uh, you know George Floyd is uh, has um, you know passed away in 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 the way that he did, and, and passed away isn't it's not even a term enough, is it, to describe what actually happened to him? He was, he was, he was, he was brutally murdered. Like, do you, if, could you imagine? It took eight minutes for him to die, man. Like, it's a, that was it was psych, psychopathic. It was psychopathic. A hundred percent, one hundred. And then the thing was, this is what I was saying earlier about him. He did it on camera. Why would he do it on camera? Because he thought he could get away with it. Because it took three days to arrest him. It took the video coming out and everybody, like, and the whole world looked on horrified. And that's what it took to get him arrested. And then they arrested him on a third degree murder charge. 
And then it took further protests to get the charge bumped up to second degree murder and to get the other three officers arrested with him. Um, they would, they, they, you know, you know, fundamentally without that pressure, and that's that's why this is so important. That's why BLM is so important because without that pressure, nothing changes. Without the pressure, a reaction to that incident, it wouldn't have got. It wouldn't. It probably wouldn't have been arrested. It oh. definitely wouldn't have been a third degree murder, and it hundred percent wouldn't have been upgraded to a second. And by fucking god, and I'm not sure how this can happen because I don't understand the judicial process of of the American system. But if it did get upgraded again, it'd be because of the, uh, of the influence and, and the, and, and the voice and the combined voices in order to make something right happen. And, and if, if there is ever a confusion about from, 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 from white people or people that might know me or listen to this podcast or confused about this situation, if, 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 there, if, there, if there's ever a confusion about how, People talking on mass, or how a gathering of people and protesting, silent protesting, or 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 violently protesting can get things changed for the better. Then it's then it's that because oh, exactly. those officers and that guy would not be facing what what they're facing currently if it wasn't for the the collective group to come together and and push forward what is right, not what is not it's not subjective. It's what's right. A man died. This is correct. This is what we need to do. This officer needs to be charged and things need to change. 100%. 100%. Okay. In, 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 in terms of, like, it's really strange because the pushback, I've, like, I've been online for the past two weeks and I've, look, I've, I've read articles, I've looked at people's opinions, and the pushback, one, and it's really alarming to me, um, that a lot of the pushback is, well, police kill more white people than they kill black people. And that's not an argument. They, that means you have a problem with police in your country. Like, yeah, just if, like, forget. Oh, that's not, you, you're not going to say, oh, well, it's all right that he died because they kill white people too. No, sir. No, no, that's not. Mate, look at the policemen. Your policemen are killing people. They're public servants. It's... White or black, they're killing people right now. But you're, what you're doing... Is your, sorry, mate, you, you can say this better, but I keep doing this. I keep jumping on this. Why is that a problem, T? No, well, I mean, for the exact reason, I, you have a, a situation where you're essentially you're saying that the police isn't the armed, is an arm of the government that can act with impunity upon its citizens. That is not what a police force should be. But if you look at the origins of what the police force are, it's no surprise that it is the way that it is. The police were uh, originally invented, like they, they were brought in America, they started off as slave patrols. They caught runaway slaves. Um, and then, it, it, then they kind of uh, evolved into a police department. Um, but in this country, the, the Bow Street Runners, uh, they were here to protect the middle classes from poor people. That was it. If you, I don't know. The thing is, I'm. I love history, man. I, I really do. I genuinely love history, and I've read an awful lot of history about the East End, uh, going back like hundreds of years. And it, it, the, you know, the law of the land in the East End was "Thou shalt not grass." It's the eleventh commandment, right? You do not have anything to do with the police force, right? And the reason for that is because the police weren't there to protect them. So why would you go to the police to like it's like going outside of your community, 
right, for people who, who are literally there to crack you over the skull because you don't own anything. You don't have anything. The people that have are the ones that are being protected by the police. They have things to steal. They have things that are worth taking, things that you can eat or you can sell to eat. So the original, the, the, the notion of the police force was not to protect citizens. It was to protect one group of citizens from a starving populace. Like, and I think that this is the, the, the one thing I uh, really, uh, I really struggle to, to, to kind of explain to people. And it, it, I think a lot of people kind of skim over it is that we have a class system. If you, the very beginning of 1984 says that humans put themselves into three groups, top, middle, and bottom. The job of the top is to stay at the top. The job of the middle is to get to the top. And at the bottom, they are so busy running around just trying to survive, they don't have any other aims, right? It, 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 it's like the opening page of 1984, right? That there explains an awful lot about the way society is structured. Now, what we have... In, in that's a class thing what they then introduced into it was race as i said with the like class existed way before the invention of race did class has existed for for general like millennia within various societies whether you go back to ancient egypt or the chinese dynasties uh, or just england where you had kings and and lords and then um serfs and people that worked the land and then they had they lived on the land they worked instead of getting paid they just lived where they worked and they were able to feed themselves but you had if you look at the just the victorian ages man we, we were sending seven-year-olds up chimneys and stuff you had extreme poverty um you had them so they were sending people i, I remember reading a story of a woman who stole an apple and got sent to australia for stealing an apple um so you have an underclass now, what was very, very, with the invention of whiteness, you had, it became a thing of, well, even though I'm the underclass, at least I'm not black. There's a, a quote that's attributed to Lyndon Johnson, where he said, if you give someone to look down on, uh, he won't notice you're picking his pocket. Mm. That is, uh, so there'll always be someone at the bottom of, of the society, right at the bottom. And this is one of the, the instances where, if when you, when I have discussions around white privilege, what you get is people saying, "Well, I'm not privileged. I, I'm I'm poor. I was I, I was homeless. I don't have an education." Da, 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 da. Okay, but you're not black. Do you like mm. you, you could if you had all of those things and were black, you, your life would be infinitely worse, infinitely worse. Like in in here's a very good example. When I was talking about the invention of whiteness, the Irish were not considered white until really recently. Until incredibly recently, which is why you could, if you go back to my grandmother's generation, um, when my mum came to this country, now my mum is 62 years old. When she came to this country as a child, the sign said, no dogs, no Irish, no blacks. Now, as far as me and you, what colour are Irish people? They're white. They're white, right. But they weren't. They weren't considered white. Even now on a census form, it says white and white Irish. There's a reason. For, it does, yeah. Yeah, because because the Irish were racialized. They they were they were, they, they, even though their skin was white, they were they, They're subjugated because of their class and and, and the, the, what people thought about them. Yeah, so we, they can't be grouped with us. They need to be Irish. Exactly. It is, you have a similar thing with like Jewish people, because it, like if you ask any person of color, are Jewish people white? 
they say yeah if you ask certain white people are jewish people white, they say no they're jewish and i, I don't yeah, jews, yeah. i just don't even understand how you've you've, you've done that thing there so and, and, but it's because it's exactly what you're saying isn't it it's not it's not about color it's about uh understand it's about caste it's caste. It's a caste system. Exactly, and it's it's about status and how you how you utilize your 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 whiteness. So in within the underclasses, you have people like in the, we we live in London, right? We we are all living uh, in a poor area, I guess. It, it, it's becoming slowly gentrified where I live, but it's it, it there's poor people everywhere, right? Um, so yep. white people and black people are just as poor as each other. There are there are black people who have more money, who have more wealth than white people, but they don't have that privilege. That, like for instance, uh, I've said to you before, I've been driving. I've had to drive a license since 1996. I've been stopped over 100 times whilst driving, over 100 times in 24 years. That is not my stepdad has had his license for twice that amount of time and has never been pulled over in his car. I've never, I've never, ever, ever been so upset. Not once. Yeah. So just that alone. Yeah. So a hundred times compared to zip, actually, if you combine my your 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 dad and or your stepdad and and mine together, and we've never <laughs> been stopped. That in itself would suggest that there is a privilege and there is a there is a, a non privilege. Yeah. There's an inherent difference in the way we are perceived and how we are treated. Um, but, but tone. No, the, like there are people out there that don't care. They don't want to be reasoned with. They don't want to acknowledge white privilege. Yeah, I know, right. I know. So is this a time? Is this? Is, we ought to come to an end now because we've been recording to an hour, and you need to cook your your your, your kids dinner, and, and and so do I. Right. <laughs> we got to move on. To, we got we got to do normal things in spite of the fact that there is an absolute clusterfuck of shit that's going on right now. And it's righteous and it should be happening and it is very confusing, but we do still have to cook our kids dinner. But yeah. what I want to ask you, T, before we finish is, is, um, is, is this just going to be another flash in the pan or, or, or do you feel like this could be a time for, for change where like, forget just, just like for me, it's, it's, it's about people being treated clearly equally, regardless of, of of what they look like, right? Can we can can we strive uh, and make steps towards that? Do you feel? Um, I do you know what? Yeah, I hope so. I, I genuinely hope so. But I see an awful lot of like the pushback. Like you said, some people are just not. Uh, they don't want to acknowledge it. They don't want to be aware of it. Um, just today, I saw a comment on Twitter. And he said, you're never going to get rid of racism. It's part and parcel of being human. We're tribalistic. And see that mindset, that mindset just needs educate. You just need someone to sit down and explain to you, no, that's an animal's way of thinking, right? Like that's, that's how animals process the world. We have intelligence. We have a higher purpose than a chimp or a lion, Right. Lions operate in pride. They don't let any other lion come into their pride. Any other male lion. Chimpanzees are the same. Do you know what I mean? You have the you have the the, the, the boss at the top and he fights off any other contender. It, it, it's what happens. We have the power of language. We can reason. We can talk. So in terms of being tribalistic. OK, yeah, I understand that. But to which tribe do you belong? Because for me, myself. Right. I'm. I'm born in England, 
So I'm part of an English tribe. I'm heterosexual, so I'm part of a straight tribe. I'm half Irish, so I'm in the Irish tribe. I'm half Dominican, I'm in the Dominican trap. I'm half white, they don't let me in the white trap. <laughs> right? But I'm half black, I'm in the black trap. Um, I am, I support Tottenham, I'm in the Spurs trap. All of these little things that we are not just one thing. Life makes us, our choices, our circumstances make us a myriad, a smorgasbord of different experiences, uh, 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 of uh, whether they're negative or positive. We all, none of us is one thing. So when you say we are tribal, well, which tribe are you going to pick? I'm a man. I'm in the male tribe. Like, where does it go? Um, mm. So if you if you want to be as ignorant as to say, well, we're always going to be this way, because I bet you if I was to ask that guy, are you straight? And he said, yeah, okay, so are you in a straight trap? Yes, I am. Right. Are you in the, I don't know, the, the two people's trap? Uh, yes. Okay, so what about if short straight men want a problem with you? Which, which trap, do you, do you know what I mean? Do you go? <laughs> yeah, completely, completely, mate, yeah. Right? It's, it's that simple. It's, do you know what? Football hooliganism is a really good example of it. Because we all, you know, uh, he's a Cass, Cass Pennant. Cass, Cass Pennant, West Ham. Cass Pennant, West Ham, right? The racism that he faced from West Ham fans, much less other football fans. But once he got into the ruck and in the swing of it, his tribe was West Ham, but yeah, none and none of them actual racists would have would have then, like if they wanted to make it an issue, you would have smashed their faces in, right? Precisely, precisely. That's how you get this. And, and I'm a proponent of of a man or a woman being able to say whatever you want, say whatever you want. We live in a society where you're free to say what you want, and it's important. But you also have to accept that someone might come and slap your mouth. Yeah, do you know what? Freedom of speech is and we need to, consequence. We need to get a situation where more people are getting slapped in the mouth, I think. Uh, do you know what? You're probably right. But I'd, I'd, like, do you know what's the funniest thing? Is that my entire life, the, the, the theme has been violence doesn't solve anything. And then do you know what you look at? You look out through human history and you realise everything gets solved through violence. Everything. Mm. Um, whether it's but hey, Stonewall, the, the, the gay, gay and trans rights. The massive movement that was sparked off was sparked off by riots, by violence. The civil rights movement was riots. The, uh, um, the look, the, the, the civil war, the American civil war, the world violence. war, violence. And they know this. And, and and the thing is that the American government and the British government know this. All governments know this that the violence. And we're not we're not certainly calling for an uprisal here where people start smashing other people's heads in no, no. the reality is if you look back through history is that governments will always rebel against riotous uh, groups because they understand that, that from those groups can form great power and upheaval yes but by the same token you can see in in, in africa where there are um you know there there are uh, uh military coups yeah, that result in a country being decimated. So it's not the answer. It's just an example of, of what's happened previously. And hopefully in this, this current stage that there can become some sort of democratic right uprising that means that there is no, that the riots aren't necessary. But right now we wouldn't be having this conversation if nobody reacted to George Floyd's death. 
Exactly. If no one was violent, if no one was willing to stand up, get out of their fucking comfy bedrooms or comfy front rooms, turn off Netflix, turn off their PlayStation, whatever it is that distracts them from the reality of being alive if you're a black person or a white person. Yep. And, and go out and stand up and say, you know what, this ain't fucking acceptable. And, um, you know, we wouldn't be recording this podcast if, if that wasn't the case. So, yeah, on, on, on that note, Tone, I, I think we, we, we should talk again if, you, if, if you're okay to do it. I'm perfectly fine with it, man. I'm like, I, I love it. To be honest, I had written uh, some points that I wanted to get across, but I don't have my book with me um, to actually go through them. Mate, but just to leave, just it was fine. Something to just to, uh, leave it on. I think uh, Black Lives Matter scares people. Because one, it upsets, it's upsetting the status quo, right? But I think there are some people, because I've, I've heard them talk, and there are some people that think that being pro-black is anti-white. And it's not the case. If, if, any, if anyone is listening, the one thing I'd really want to reassure people of is that this is not, this is not an uprising or a rebellion for revenge, this is this is something this 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 is a quest for equality and equity. This is this is a a, a, a shout to be treated as normal, to be treated as you, as as you treat any people that look like you. Like I um I myself I used to be homophobic. I used to be really homophobic. Um, and then I learned. I spoke to gay people, right? And I learned they're just like me. They're literally just like me. They, they've got to, they have to go to work. They've got bills to pay. The only difference is what they do when they close their door of a nighttime. And I can't see that. Like, it's not my business. None of your business, is it? It's not, it's not your business. In much the same way, like what you do when you're with your missus, it's not my business. What, what I do in my bedroom is not anyone else's business. Um, and I think if we can come together in a thing like this is not, it's not, Oh, we did because I'll be honest with you. And my whole life I've grown up, I've got black family, I've got black friends, right? I have never once in 41 years, I have never once encountered a black person saying, Let's fuck up white people, man. Let's 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 get them. I, I hate them. I haven't. I literally, I haven't. All, all most everyone just wants to be, can we just get on? Can we just can we just could you leave me alone? Could you let me? Yeah, just let me get on with it. Yeah, could you? Because I've got the same bills to pay that you have. So could I do it without you following me around the shop, or stopping me in my car, or calling me a nigger, or you know all of these type of things here? And I think if there's one thing to take away from just this con- the brief conversation that we've had, I say brief, Jesus, but this conversation that we've had, but brief in the context of the of the subject matter. Yeah, yeah. um, just that it's just about we're all the same, man. Well, just if let me leave you with this, right? Human beings share sixty percent of their DNA with a banana, right? A banana. Sixty percent of our DNA. We share ninety nine point nine percent of our DNA with a chimpanzee. They are our closest living relative, right? So in zero point zero one percent, we go from an ape to a human. So how much percent do you think it is? that turns us from a black person to a white person. It's absolutely minuscule. You're talking about literally like a handful of genes being turned on or off. Do you know? It's, it's really that simple. So there's no difference between us, man. We all, we all breathe the same air. We eat, we shit, 
we piss, we drink, we, we have sex. We, we do the exact same things. We all like it's a human, it's a very human thing. We have the exact same human needs and wants and desires. Uh, and I, I think that's a really important thing. That's one, one of the major stumbling blocks is I think a lot of people think we want to take. No, equality is not like pie. Giving me rights doesn't mean you have less. It means we have the same. Do you know? And yeah. that is really, I, I think we will talk again, but that's where I'd leave this one. Fair enough. Uh, and, and that's a, a, an incredible uh, way to end the, end the podcast. I just, I just want to just add a, a tiny bit on the end. Uh, I just checked up what Tony was saying. So when, when, when he said we were 60% identical to a banana, I was like, that's, that's crazy. Of course we're not. But apparently we are 60% and also a chicken. Yes. And a fruit fly. Yeah. So there, there, there you go. Uh, Tony, thank you so much, mate. I, I didn't know how to um, approach this podcast, but I knew that because I know you and we're friends that it would be okay and we'd find a way to do it. And I feel like it's, it's probably been better than, than if I had set up some questions so i just want to thank you for that and um and i and i hope that this current situation we find ourselves in means that that you and, and other people and actually just everybody feels a bit more comfortable in their own skin and 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 so that they don't have to use the color of skin or the or the the, the privileges or, or prejudices that they've, they've encountered to this point to, to define them and that you know it can be where i am where i look at ut and just see my mate and that's it. Exactly. It's exactly that, bro. You know, if we can all <laughs> it's not hard, is it? Stage, if we can all get to that stage, yeah, look at Tony and see your mate. We're fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Nice one, Tony. Thank you so much, mate. I'll speak to you soon. It's been a pleasure, mate. Take it easy. All the best. Nice one. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com